Scissors shoot here. Is that, is that, is that what we do? Do I do rock, paper, scissors? But there's latency. Oh, is it ready? Rock. I'll count it. I'll, okay. I'm going to count it. Okay. okay. I'm going to say yep. three, two, one, and then you're going to throw. Okay. It's going to be three, two, one, throw. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, throw. Ah. Uh, I win. win. I have shoot. a rock and you have scissors. Wait, does that mean do you it. don't? mean you you don't have to because you won or does that mean you welcome to the sickle to noise podcast (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna do the one thing i know about football which is that if you win the coin toss you get to pick oh oh, okay all right go ahead you go ahead i i will let you do it oh well (laughs) welcome to the sickle to noise podcast (laughs) on the pro side web podcast network uh see we try to make these um intros entertaining um if you've been listening for some time hey um Obviously, the pre-roll maybe might stay a little consistent from time to time. So uh, if you happen to have hit the skip button, um, we want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Audix. We appreciate uh, their support out on Heath and RCF. Um, we have really great uh, sponsors. They have great products. Um, they have great uh, materials. Um, go check them out. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you have, I think, is the third week in a row. You have your podcast shirt on. I, I so yes, it is, and I, I I wore it because I was waiting to see if you'd notice. Yes, I'm. I'm of course, I would I'm, notice. Yeah, well, you know, I just I I, I, I yeah, maybe, maybe make it a thing. So yeah, rank is, is that, Hines. Is that Rankus or Hines on your shirt? It, it's it's Hines actually. We, we, it's uh, Hines. I, okay, I think I think we looked this up. I forget his first name, but it's Hines. Yeah. Four of them, to be exact. Yeah. So, um, while they are not a sponsor, they are great humans also over there um, and took care of us out at CFX. So, they're doing some cool stuff. Uh, Looking forward to talking with them more about something they're they're working on. Um, And I enjoyed that. So, yeah that that was that was a good time. I I really like to just kind of see what everybody's up to, you know, uh, to see what. I I mean, it's. We sort of have an embarrassment of riches in 2022 because there's so much good gear and there's so many manufacturers oh, making stuff yes. that gets used. So, I mean, I think the problem is you use whatever brands that you use because that's what your employer owns or what your company owns or the artist you work with wants or blah, 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 blah. So everyone's got the stuff that you know they're most familiar with. There's so much else out there. So... It's nice to be in an environment where you're not trying to do a show on on something that you're unfamiliar with, but you can put your hands on it and hear it do its thing and look at it and mess with the controls and say, tell Certainly. me how much does this power draw and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think those are fun. Um, yeah, I, I went in the only house housekeeping if you will um it's getting to be that time of the year end of the year um which a lot of people um uh typically want to maybe give some money away um and and that's not to us uh what i want to say is um who's giving money away I, like, you're like, giving like, money away at the end of the year people would like typically are in the giving spirit and maybe have some need some additional man i know the wrong people I, this, um, that sounds great 
And uh, so I, what I want to push people towards is the Rody Clinic. Um, they could use your support. They are pushing really close to getting done a lot of things. They're really trying to get a new website. Um, they're trying to get their building done. There's, they're, um, they're like in the finishing stretches of a lot of these things. Um, so um, e- even if it's you don't want to just flat out give money, but maybe just buy a T-shirt, a hoodie. Like I just bought a, a hoodie from them because um, it can never have enough hoodies. Um, and uh, yeah, to please go support uh the Rody clinic um and even even they say like even if it's just um liking and sharing their stuff on social media that's enough support too so i i can't express enough how much i love what they're doing i actually i got an email together with the group of audiologists that we had on recently um and the Rody clinic i'm i'm getting them together they're going to have a meeting in december to see how they can um, combine their efforts uh to both communities uh so that i look forward to see maybe how that can come to fruition there as well yeah uh and my housekeeping is that i've named myself ted for the evening on our interface is be- here is that because you're talking ted no ted. i uh actually it's kind of an homage to fight club how he he puts a different name tag on every time he goes to a, a meeting uh, so <laughs> i don't know i uh i like to change things up chris i don't like your hair and, you, you uh, cut your hair apparently I, I, yes. And then I wore uh, my hoodie all day and now it's, it's quite disheveled. Um, I, I do think there is, you may not be able to have too many hoodies, but there's definitely a point of, uh, diminishing returns. Cause I've got like 11 or 12 at this point and I've started just giving them to, to friends. So like, here is a hoodie, you know, I've gotten fat and this one doesn't fit me. So you can have it now <laughs> and that type of thing. Uh, and everybody's got their favorites. They didn't have one that they want to, oh, yeah. they want to steal from me cause it's, it's comfortable or whatever. Uh, do you keep the strings in your hoodie? Yes. I have a parrot, and he's very in. Uh, the, the little hardened bits on the end of the pull string, the, mm-hmm. that part right there, that yeah. I'll tap it against my microphone for those listening. That is called an aglet. Uh, my bird loves the aglets. So uh, if there's no aglets in the hoodie, he'll get pretty uh, grumpy. Um, I know that you have some stuff you want to talk about. Uh, we are also, we have shared our link maybe you should put it on facebook too chris uh, we shared our link to our discord folks um and invited them to come and sit in on our recording this evening and drop questions in the chat so we're going to do sort of a uh remember total request live you remember trl oh yeah yeah sorry it's i've never heard like, anyone refer like, to it as total request i just that's TRL, what's so trl yeah. i know but yeah, yeah. but that... <laughs> <laughs> I will now spell out PIN and ATM. Uh, no, uh, so we thought that if anyone has questions uh, and want to come by, uh, we will answer them. I also have some topics I want to talk about. Um, I I want to talk a bit about community. I want to talk a bit about uh, the natural progression of getting yourself into a community or a relationship with a mentor or posting mm. on a forum to get questions. Um, one of the things that I think our, our community has done really, really excellent at, and I, and I'm not taking credit for this cause it's sort of, it's sort of done it on its own is. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're going here. Cause I, I have, I, I have thoughts about this. No one too, else knows what I'm good. talking about except for you. <laughs> so, so, there, there's a kindness when a new person comes in and says, Hey, I'm new to this community or I'm new to, live events or hey i'm a stagehand i'm interested in learning more about sound or 
I mix at my church and I want to learn more or just I don't know anything about this and it looks interesting. The welcoming is wonderful. The uh, the way that people are are sort of brought in and made to feel welcome and uh, allowed to ask questions that might be uncomfortable questions for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they are given, you know, I... I often are not not looking at our Discord because I'm doing work or sleeping or you know outside in the sun and, and or something like that and and then I come back and I see that somebody asked me a question and like six hours later, um, but other people jumped in and gave them good information and um, we've never ever ever had a case of a new person getting given a hard time uh, or a yeah. new person being told that their question is stupid or a new person being insulted so. It's important to me that we've got a community where it's a, I don't want to use the term safe space, but it's an environment where people feel welcomed and feel comfortable to ask stuff Absolutely. Uh, without getting belittled or attacked or something like that. Yeah. Um, no, I I've mean, got more to say about that, but I know you want to say well, stuff. So it's, you know, it's kind of what, well, we're obviously uh, right now, it's just you and I, Sam might wake up at three in the morning here and join us from Germany or whatever country she's in right now. <laughs> um, uh, and Kyle's on tour right now. So it's really hard for us, like the four of us to have some conversations that I would like the four of us to have. And I, I was going to kind of save some of this for that, but since we're already here, you know, on the, on the flight home from CFX, um, uh, you know, we've been kind of contemplating, like, okay, I'm coming up here. This is my this month, um, or end of this month, be like my three anniversary with the podcast. Um, you know, oh, really? A lot. Yeah. Uh, sorry, three, did I say three month? Three year. Sorry. Uh, if, no, if you I said, said three year. I and okay. I just I don't know, man. That's uh, um, congratulations. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy, right? Like it's what what the community, what what we have done, all what we individually have done over that time has been very interesting, right? And we've been kind of talking offline a little bit or just naturally in, in progression on air of like, Hey, what's, what's, what, um, how do we really define what it is that we're actually doing other than just talking on a microphone or what does the future look like and things like that. So I, um, I'm very bad at, um, um, writing anything down. I'm a, uh, I'm a very verbal processor. I have to communicate these thoughts to people to like get there. So, but like I, my, a mentor of mine, who is a podcaster, he has really encouraged me and some others to like, you have to push through that and actually like put some thoughts down on paper and like work through some things. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. So like, I actually on the plane back from CFX started, I put some notes. I was like, okay, if I could define, um, you know, we, we had this term uh, or language we kind of spoke into about the beginning of the year of, you know, changing the face of the industry. Right. That, you know, but it's like, well, what does that mean? And I kind of wanted to like lean into that a little bit um, because uh, a, a it's not something that we are doing right. So I wanted to, you know as in like the three of us like we're not physically going to do that. Um, and some of that language was originally built around you know um, uh, race and gender and diversity and things like that. But I think that's only the surface, right? So like to me, um, when we say change the face of the industry, it's a mentality and attitude shift. Uh, it's a change in how we process problems. It's about having healthy conversations, right? That that mindset, right? Um, and then I, the the duality of engineering answers versus perception answers. Um, mind shift, um, mindset shift when faced with a question or a problem. Meaning, like, what happens if I do X? Like, you know, well, 
you don't have to necessarily just ask this in a form or wait for someone to answer. Like, just go try it, right? You, you often have these things in front of you, and like changing that mindset, like that's that that's how you can approach things. Um, challenging questionable marketing ethics of people, manufacturers, training resources, things like that. Um, and then the the last thing I put down about this was though is this is not about we we are changing as in STN is changing. Um, um, about the auto community. It's a collective making of the change. Um, this can't happen in a silo. Um, for this to be effective, it has to be a process we we, um, we need a larger part of the industry to lean into into the mindset. And I sent this screenshot of all my notes to my mentor and, and showed about this, and he summarized it amazingly, which is just what I'm trying to get to here. Um, is um, He's like, what I'm getting from this is that um, individuals can't force change. It has to be a collective that is cooperative. And with silos and a competitive mindset and landscape, there is no real cooperative collective. Um, individuals speaking about change are more like politicians or people trying to pretend to be um, lone heroes. Um, he said, uh, you seem to have, you seem to be driven to connect people with ideas. Um, and uh, and he said, "Hey, um, I think you're already facilitating that or or get with it or getting that we're doing with, with Discord." He said, "And the audio space is naturally competitive, so that stands out, right?" So it was interesting for him to take my take my brain of what we're processing, where we're going, and then to see we've been seeing people posting in Discord like, "Hey, oh my goodness, I thank you for um, not like bewittling me for asking this simplest of questions." and at all points back to like, yes, we can sit here and talk about this. We can try, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's y'all that have come. Yeah, but this is, to this do- is the least important part. I could be like, I'm never being on an episode again and nothing changes. Right. I, I would not be missed. <laughs> like, and I'm totally okay with that. Cause it's, it's not about this. It's not. Um, I, a couple things. One, there's sort of a paradox there. And if you want to talk about the, I don't know if you want to get into philosophy. I don't know where Holly is. He's going to love this. The categorical imperative. Um, you know, taking the actions that, that if everyone took, you know, would, would that still be a good action using that method of evaluation? Like I can't stop, uh, you know, destruction of the environment, but I can choose not to litter. Right. So if it, it's really easy to go, I'm just one person, I can't affect anything. Um, but if everyone has that attitude, then it becomes true. Holy crap. Look at that. The Samuel has arrived or she's, Hey, Hi. We, we can hear you, but we don't see you. Yeah, my it's ho- off because hotel Wi-Fi. Where where are you in the world? Barcelona. Welcome back. It's been a while since we had you. Yeah, I missed you guys Aww. like a lot. <laughs> we we were just talking about um uh well you wait to wait, wait till the episode comes out so you can hear what we were talking about but um <laughs> no we we're talking about uh. uh the welcoming of a community when you have a new person who wants to ask a question that's dumb. Um, and there are places on the internet and they're about to hear about this shit. Cause I'm going to light them up. <laughs> I'm going to light them up in my, in my column uh, that I'm doing for, for live sound international that, that this month uh, I, places that I went when I was younger and trying to learn about audio and places that take pride in belittling newcomers and calling them stupid or uh, making them feel unwelcome or giving them a hard time. And I, there is a, there is a mindset that, well, you have to pay your dues. Okay. That's not a reason to be mean to somebody. That's not a reason to belittle somebody. It's not a reason to insult somebody. Um, You have a pivotal moment here where you have a person who's early career or young or saying, I'm interested in this. And you can say, you can either say a kid fuck off and maybe extinguish that forever. Or you can say, I'll tell you 
what I know and it can be cooperative. And in that moment you can choose to, to, you know, be a big person and, you know, open door for somebody, or you can choose to, I don't know if it's ego or like, I need to show you how much more I matter than you. Um, I, I just, I really don't like that attitude and seeing what our, our group of humans has become. It really throws that into contrast when I see that behavior elsewhere. Um, if you can't answer that question, you shouldn't be mixing or, you know, that, that type of attitude it's out there. It's gross. It's on, I don't like it. And we, we haven't had that. Um, because like you, no one woke up one morning and knew everything. Somebody had to tell you, right? So I don't know how you then get to a point where you're like, ah, I'm above you because I know stuff that you don't know. Like you weren't born like that, dude. Somebody told you stuff. So I mean, I I ahead, think Sam. part of it, unfortunately, is very learned where you have people that want to, you know, have this gatekeeping. I think it really just comes down to gatekeeping more than anything yeah. else. Because, uh-huh, right. you know, gatekeeping says, hey, this knowledge gives me superiority. It gives me a place above you. Um, and look, I get it. There's a lot of proprietary stuff. Like there's a difference in between. I'm just I'm not going to tell somebody who's 30 seconds in this thing that is, you know, my secret to life. But I think all of this surrounds the idea that you know, there are people that, in addition to the gatekeeping, also have things or tricks or whatever they're, you know, I did this one thing, so that makes me valuable. That makes my one career based on the fact that I use these six plugins on a vocal channel and every artist ever mixed, right? There is definitely that that exists. And I think really just you're seeing this all be taken one step further, is really all that is. And so while I'm I absolutely on the flip side of that, as a newcomer, you you do also have to like humble yourself sometimes and be like, you have to admit you know nothing. You have to admit you don't know what you don't know. Which, you know, you can definitely make your life easier or harder, depending on how you want to approach learning. Yeah, and there there are there are cocky kids shall we say there are even certain educational institutions that are known for producing cocky kids um and that's not a good attitude and that's going to make people not like you and not want to share and not want to give you opportunities but i'm talking about as a as a established professional when someone comes to you and ask ask a question if your default position is i'm going to give this person a hard time because they should have a thick skin so they can make it in this business like that's a bullshit stance like people should people should uh be able to you know have a thick skin and they should learn how to stand up to uh animosity and and stand up to you know problems and stand up to uh roadblocks but that's still not an excuse to be mean to somebody um how how much of this though is um has just been a societal indicative of society right i mean we can't be the only industry that's like this right i mean you figure we're like a lot of the trades right it's built on the way where you have to be an apprentice first you pay your dues you do your thing and um I mean, right? I I imagine this isn't just our industry, right? This is a societal issue, in terms of that, or no, or I, I don't know. Like, I'm... to some degree, I think it's generational. I think there's the old people who know that there's new tech coming, and they're threatened by that. Um, and you know, they are going to get passed by the by the kid who's going to know all that stuff and is good with computers. Um, but 
it makes me really mad. I mean, Sam and I have talked about this a bunch. Like she was told very early in her career, she would ask questions about systems or measurement or whatever and be told you won't understand it. And that's bullshit. <laughs> that's just, that means yeah, you don't want to tell them. That's sure. bullshit. You know? Um, and then we were talking about it and talking about it and she was working and learning and she kept saying, well, like, okay, when's it going to get complicated? And it, it's, there wasn't some like grand secret that she wasn't ready for. It was just people gatekeeping. Well, and I think part of it in hindsight is learning to ask the right people, the right questions. Cause you know, you, you don't know, right. If you don't know what you're asking about, that's, you know, it's fine. And I, I learned a really, lot of really cool things early on, like repair and like, you know, just basic how to fix things, right. That I'm very, very grateful for. But, you know, I also maybe wasn't asking the best people, which is some of the reason why I ended up calling you, Michael, is that, Hey, you know, if you, if you really want to learn how stuff works, I need to ask the people that really understand this on a high level if that's where you want to be like you understanding that there may be this frustration gap in between what you want to know and what the people around you can know. And sometimes you have to seek out people to fill that gap. You're muted, Michael. Oh man. I I don't think I've ever done that on the show before. That's, that's cool. Um, (laughs) Well, I, I sent Nate the link too, so maybe Nate can pop in. Um, but um, I think part of it is like if you're at a local small production company and nobody is super experienced with something like measurement, um, it, you know, you're playing basketball with your buddies. Like you're all going to kind of get better together, but you really want to go to get basketball to play against Michael Jordan. You know, so. It, you have to sort of get yourself into an environment where you're the you're uh, you're less knowledgeable than the people around you if you want to learn quickly and you want to progress quickly. I mean, that was one of the things about um, I had a friend, you know, at Berkeley. He would say, "Like Berkeley's the four years that you suck. You know, you don't go to you don't go there to be awesome. You go there because everyone around you is awesome, and you learn from everybody. Everybody's better than you. Everybody's better than you the whole time. And then when you leave, you're, you're really good because you were just around everybody that was better than you all the time." And that sucks and it's demoralizing and it can be soul crushing. It can be really frustrating, really difficult, but it's a fast way to get good and to get knowledgeable. Well, Michael, we've talked about it because I, whatever we're, we're working on this current system on this tour, which is definitely larger, uh, definitely on the larger side of arena systems. Uh, and it's the the biggest system you've ever looked after by a good chunk, right? Um, that I had to like do the design work and yeah, like you know, be talk, talk. It's, it's the largest system I have had to be semi independently responsible for, because I mean, we, we did the big festivals where you're like, Oh, that's a quarter mile, half mile walk to the lays. But yeah, but you always would tell me when you walk to these festivals, like, I don't like the delays or I don't like the side hangs, but it's not, it's not yours. So you can't like take it down. Right. <laughs> so, but now, no, you, I mean, you know what I mean? It's your, it's your thing now. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the largest system I, I have ever been able to been allowed to ask someone to rehang. <laughs> um, 
is how I'm going to phrase that. But we have a super awesome PA crew and I have not had to do that once. They're, they're dead on the money. It's insane. I love it. These, these guys are unreal when I say, Hey, point that there. And it's that, that laser is exactly where that model is. Um, it's beautiful. Before we go down any, before we go any further on that, if we're going to go that path, uh, the 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 saying of if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, or something like that. <laughs> that, that, that I mean, that's that's that that's a thing, right? I mean, that's you know, that's that kind of that summarizes that mentality of like who you should be rubbing yeah. shoulders with. Yeah, that's well, like that's that, a so. much better, more concise way of trying to say what I was trying to say. Hello, well, Nate. That's, hi, Nate. What's up, everybody? Oh, you're in a loud environment. <laughs> I am in the green room of a venue right now. So, so real quick, we're gonna do like a we're gonna do like the call-in radio show. Who you out with, and what have you learned, man? Let's do it. I'm on the road with a three-piece band from Rochester called King Buffalo. Uh, it has Fitting. been a really good time so far. Um, if you're into stoner rock, you might know who they are. <laughs> hey, I miss you. I miss Wait, you too, so, Sam. So, Nate, <laughs> were, were you the one who, the ma- you who made an appearance via playing drums behind um, Michael and Sam when we did the episode of Rational? Yes. yes my <laughs> shoes were in the dryer at that time. <laughs> I am sorry you had to edit that so hard, Chris. <laughs> what What have you learned, Nate? Because this is your first like actual tour tour, right? And uh, I'm sure you're learning a lot. Yeah, this is my first time going on the road. I'd say the biggest things I've learned have not been tech-related. They have been tour IQ-related. And most importantly, the things that I can do for the band and the things that I absolutely should not do for the band. Uh, You know, just like, for instance, if we're getting close to the venue curfew, it's not my call to start the post-show playlist. I wait for the band to tell me that. Things of that nature. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like there was a hard lesson. <laughs> Nobody died, uh, but, <laughs> you know, that's not something I'll do again. <laughs> Absolutely understood, Nate. Um, I want to, Sam, I don't know how much of this you're comfortable sharing, but it's it's something that you and I talked about recently, and it's something that I think about a lot recently and something that I always need to do better with this concept of like run your house, take ownership of your job. You show up to a thing, you're given this responsibility. Okay, Nate, you're going on the road front of house with this band. It's a new thing. You don't have a ton of experience doing something like that. It takes you two or three shows to kind of hit your stride and you learn and you kind of, you you know, especially if you're the person who like takes it really serious, wants to do a good job. You just go like, Oh my gosh, there's so much I need to learn. I'm just going to kind of keep my head down. I'm going to like be really careful and, and just, um, observe and i'm gonna just learn and not take up a lot of space and there's always when i look back on things like that I'm like i wish i like took ownership sooner and i and well, I, I i call it run your house right like run your house go ahead sam and that, that's kind of where i was going with that because right our front of house engineer was our assist was this was the systems engineer for several years before i moved to front of house uh so i'm definitely learning a ridiculous amount from him and he's been very kind and very very patient with me uh in that process but it's it's definitely been something where i i can see him work michael and i can i can see him work and i go okay i should be faster okay i you know i should be i'm not doing the wrong things it's just okay here's all the gaps 
and they become very, very apparent. Um, and I also understand that part of that is having a skewed perspective. Whereas like my was talking to a friend about it. Uh, and I was like, ah, my, I realized that it like my version of normal is like watching him and you and people like that tune systems, which is, you know, most people don't do an arena in 17 minutes. Uh, a U.S. arena, I should say. Um, you know, that, that sort racist. of thing. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> whoa, I, my no, bad. I, <laughs> I, I just mean, and I'm not singling you out because I've had this conversation with about a bunch of people. Um, but this idea of feeling like you're not, it's 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 a vicious version of imposter syndrome. It says I'm not ready for this. I I have to be be secretive about the fact that I don't deserve to be out here, and everyone's going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing. And by the end of the thing, of course, you figured it out and you knew what you're doing. But like, I always wish I took ownership sooner and yeah. jumped in and was more proactive, right? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's more of just like the, it's the details, right? Like it's never. It's never like, oh, I forgot to put in the entire side hang, right? Like, it's it's just more of the, um, okay, there's a lot. No one tells you how many little, little details there are that are part of your job. That, you know, you I come in with rigging every morning and I, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to, I shoot out every point every single PA point to make sure it's on the map models. And we, you know, we make sure everything is overlaid with, you know, because the map datums are different than rigging datums. So you've got to do all the conversions and, you know, little things like that. And so it's, it's been a really, really great experience. And I've definitely gotten a lot better at it very quickly just because I don't think people realize how, how quickly you get your reps in when you do something every day and you live in it and with it and you're just, you travel with it. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Like I feel like I've gotten so much better just in a couple of tours because you've just, you went from, Oh, I've done this five times, 10 times. to I've done this 60 times, 80 times, hundred times this year. And I mean, there's another aspect of that. And I, I, it's like wringing out a, a wet towel. It's like, let's get every bit out of this that we can. So some people will just go and do the thing. But not you and not Nate and not me. We do the thing and then we go home and we look at the data. And we listen to the board mix. and We watch the YouTube videos and we look at photos and we think about 10 things we would have done better. So you sort of get, you, you experience it again immediately after in your head. And then when you go in to do it the second time, you, you've already done it the second time in your head. So now you're sort of doing it for the third time. You you did the postmortem. And oh yeah. Every there's, day. A, <laughs> there's a lot of uh there's even, a lot of that. Scoville talked about that, right? So he, yeah. he, during his exercise routines, when I asked Scoville about it was like, hey, so how do you get better each night, critique what you're doing? How, you know, do you take notes, whatever? And he's like all throughout the day, I'm listening to my board mix from the night before and just muscle right. memory, taking yeah. notes and taking notes and taking notes. And it's like, man, I mean, that's that, I mean, it, it would be it would be very easy to go. I do not want to listen to the show unless I'm mixing this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would well, be very it, easy to not it, do that. It is, dude. It really. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'll, I'll sit for fucking hours 
and and look at the YouTube videos. And it's like, I don't need to hear these songs again. I'm not doing this because I love these fucking songs. These are not my favorite <laughs> songs in the world. But I learn a lot from that process. Uh, Nate, I know you can probably jump in on that if you want, man. Yeah, that's one of the ways that I've been passing time in the van is by listening to my two tracks and just checking out what came off the board mix to see like what actually played out successfully and what didn't. Um, you know, I've got a couple of different things that I'm doing that are more successful in some rooms than others, but coming off the two track without the room in play, it's actually just garbage. So I'm trying to avoid things like that. And, you know, I'm checking out my SPL reports. I'll, I'll generate the report for the opener's mix and then I'll generate the report for my mix. I'll look at them, see how they were different. And then I'll check out like how it actually felt that night just against my own memory to see, you know, can I do this better? Should I be doing something differently? Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, to me, there's like the two categories and I said this a couple of weeks ago is the same thing. It's like, you know, if you have, you're doing, you're doing this show 20 times, right? Night 18, some people are like, just do it two more times. And some people are like, what can I do tomorrow? That's going to make it better. You know? And, and for me, it's not about, I, it, of course it's about our, our responsibility to the artist and the audience or whoever the client, whatever, whoever you're working for. But for me, it's also, it's also, it's for me that that's how I find this professionally fulfilling. And I want to improve. I want to innovate. I want to find another efficiency. I want to find a way to do it faster or do it more accurate. Like the last couple percent, I'm always chasing that. Um, and I mean, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, and part of it, I think is it's easier if you have a routine, like for me, I, I, whatever, get out of this, get out, get all my stuff on the truck, truck doors closed, walk onto the bus and give myself a bit of time to decompress. And then we oftentimes have kind of longer drives on this one. Um, and so when I wake up the next morning, when my ears are fresh, when I've not been sitting in that venue, in that show, because we've had, we've had some venues where it just goes forever, man. Like it was, we've definitely been in some echo chambers. Um, and you know, when I've not been standing in the echo chamber for 12, 15 hours, that's when, uh, I wake up the next morning and I'm, I'm going to go through the Instagram and the YouTube and the Facebook and read the comments and listen to as many videos as I can find. And, you know, just <laughs> I I don't know if I said it to you, but I saw a YouTube video of a dude who just went to your show and he didn't want to go, but uh, he went because his girlfriend wanted to go. And he's like, she goes through a lot of stuff with me, so I figured I'd go. And he's like, I thought like two of the songs are pretty good. He's like, but the sound, like <laughs> he said, the sound was great. He didn't really like many of the songs, but he thought a couple of them were good. And he, you know, like so he he like respected it. So I think that's kind of a cool thing, is that even people who don't like that particular. Um, artist or band or style or whatever can still appreciate like when the job is done right so like that's how you know well, you're doing a good job you know when the guy's like i didn't really like it but it was good it sounded good <laughs> well i mean that's that's the thing right that that is the goal is it's you know i just it, there's no quality without consistency to quote our front of house engineer well and he's you, not wrong on that one no and i'm i'm wondering i mean there are a whole um, like I, I think it's, I think anyone knows that's, that's worked for me that I push people, the people that I'm mentoring or training or working with, like I push people pretty hard 
um, and push them to do better and to do more and to do bigger gigs. And maybe you're not quite ready for the gig, but you should take it anyway. Like, like really to just extend themselves. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of like psychological effect that can come from being pushed so quickly. It's, it's like, uh, what's the metaphor? Like the baby, <laughs> the baby walk, the head gets in front of the feet kind of thing. And, and like, if you, the baby either has to move its feet faster or fall over, like those are the, those are the options. Right. And, so I often worry about someone like you who kind of moved so quickly professionally that um, like you can get a whiplash. Um, but, but at the same time, I think like, Hey, you haven't been sent home. Obviously you're welcome. You're liked, like you're doing a good job, but this is probably like a shot in the arm for everything else that you're going to do because you're going right to uh, big rooms big PAs uh, having a a front house engineer who really does care about all the little details and wants it to be right and wants to go that extra 1% with you. And you're going to have a lot of gigs where you don't have that, where it's a smaller rig. It's it's going to be more manageable. You're going to have a front house engineer who maybe doesn't care to even leave front of house at all. Or um, you really have the opportunity to build some good habits for yourself and, you know, put it this way like we, i did a show with some friends and they just like had like their own gear and these old dusty amps and like old yamaha club speakers and just kind of like you know church basement pa type of thing kyle would love it <laughs> you know and uh and it was just like i don't remember what it was it was like a parade route distributed things so i was like okay we're just gonna mix in mono you know and just don't pan anything and just let take left and go to those two speakers take right and go to those two speakers and just, you know, straight up Mackie VLZ outputs right into the amplifiers, super old school. Um, and the dude switched left and right when we when you plugged him in. And I was like, oh, you left and right or reversed? And he's like, well, it doesn't really matter today, right? And I was like, no, it doesn't matter today. But just do it. Just always do it right. And then then it won't bite you in the ass someday when it does matter. So, like, you know, you you will if you always are working to a high standard of excellence and you just you don't you don't ever take the shortcut you don't have to think about whether it's okay to take the shortcut just don't do it just always do it the right way and you're building yourself good habits that was a super long way of saying what i'm trying to say but i i think oh nate's nate's gonna leave nate have a great show thanks for stopping in dude it's good to see you and Bye, thank nate. you for sharing <laughs> see ya so sam i guess i'm just talking about the, the environment that you're in, although I know it was challenging for you to kind of get catapulted into it in some ways, like I think you're in a good spot to like build really good professional habits. That's all I'm getting at, really. I mean, I, I definitely feel like in a lot of ways, right, every, every gig is going to be unique. Every gig is going to have its challenges. Um, this one basically feels like going to college. Like, I just, I'm, I'm going to ask dumb questions where... And, and the crazy thing is, right, I, I'm working for a band that we played, you know, 2,000 cap clubs and sell out Royal Arena on the same tour. I mean, we have an ultra modular system because, like, you know, there's there's days where, you know, we have two different thrust designs. We have... So like some days I have a center cluster, some days I don't because some oh, days we have Oh man, a fit. that would have been a fucking optimal your mom joke. Your mom has two different thrusts. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for it too. 
I like sorry, said I it, it and was like, I'm waiting for the I commentary. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I couldn't I couldn't let it pass. It was too I was too good. Go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, but that that's the thing, right? Like is just how you know, I'm I'm going through it, I'm learning everything very, very quickly. Um and I'm becoming more comfortable and I'm kind of glad this is a slower pace but longer run tour. Because we're out here for like three-ish months. But it's not like we're doing a show every day. So I feel like I have time to like sit down and analyze everything and go, okay, here's what I need to change. Here's what tomorrow's going to start to look like. And I and the night before every show, right, I sit down and I, I look through the design. And I, I make all my notes. I pre-input everything into my spreadsheet I print every morning for my fly tax. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, down to the aiming, down to the weights, just, you know, down to, okay, what's the total splay? So I don't, I don't have to sit down and do math or like do a whole lot of really heavy thinking at 630 in the morning, because at that point I'm going to be thinking about rigging. I'm going to be thinking about shooting the room. Is everything right? All of that. Um, so and I think also knowing that you have people you can call, right? Like that's that's something that's kind of, I think, allowed me to do this is going, okay, I'm, I'm with people who aren't going to let me fail. And so you just, you have to trust that whoever you're working with, right? Like you're going to do your job. They're going to do their job. There's no, there's no part of this where you have people that are here for no reason. Because uh, that doesn't really exist on tour. You have people that can help you if you need help, but nobody has the bandwidth to do your job and their job. And so trusting that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my gig. I'm going to do the thing that I'm hired to do. And if someone needs to do part of it for some other reason, it may not be personal. It may just be, I mean, there are a couple front of house engineers that like to try to do everything themselves and that's not necessarily a bad thing it just means that okay then my job is really becomes where can i give you your bandwidth back right and that's also been really cool to do that was a big learning thing for me at one point where it was a front of house engineer who absolutely insisted on i do all the tuning on like every filter like they want to do it all and so there's a there's a gut reaction where you go like you don't trust me am i not good enough and it's like no it's not that at all what i realized is they are ultimately responsible to the artist for the sound of the show and it's not that they don't trust me to do it it's just that they want to understand it they want to know where it is so they know for a fact if they get into the show and they're hearing something funny they go, well, I know it's not the PA because because I was there for it. They don't have they don't have these questions. Um, and I think as you develop trust with those people and you develop a good relationship, working relationship with those people, you can get more leeway to do things your way. And it obviously depends a lot on the act and and the front of house engineer and so on and so forth. But the, the theme is don't necessarily take it personally if someone else 
wants to oversee what you're doing and it may have nothing to do with you at all. You could put the greatest SE in the world in there and they still want to see it. They still want to be involved in the process just because it's, it's their responsibility, you know? Um, and then you have front of house engineers who go, I, I trust you do it, you know? <laughs> and, and there's a whole spectrum in there. And that's why I always ask that question, Chris, when we have front of house on the show, because I'm interested where they sit. And for a lot of people, it, it depends, it depends on the, on the SE they're working with. If they have the person they've had for four tours and they have a good relationship with, then they'll just let them do it. If it's a person they're less familiar with, they want to be more involved. But I, I, I think for me, it was it was it was a moment when I realized like that that is not necessarily any reflection at all on your abilities or their their perception of your abilities. Um, it's just it's you know it's a buck stops here sort of thing, you know. Um, yeah, and, for sure even on the gigs that I have where I have a tremendous amount of leeway and a tremendous amount of freedom and a tremendous amount of responsibility, whatever word you want to use, there's still, okay, yeah, but you're in front of house and you are, you are directly responsible for the artist. And when the artist walks off the stage after the show and says, how did we sound? They're not, they're not asking me. They're asking the front of house engineer. Sometimes I'm there for that conversation, but make make no bones about it where's that where's that conversation going to um so uh, that was just something that i i remember having to to kind of learn and stop um you know it's it's not necessarily anything to do with you at all so you don't you don't have to get defensive or or butthurt or or anything like that because it may have nothing to do with you yeah the hardest the hardest thing to do in most work, especially our industry, is to not take things personally, right? Because we're we're, we're passion driven, um, we pour everything into it, and so, man. So you you didn't you didn't mute your mic for that, but you muted your mic. Oh you man, I got it all screwed <laughs> up. Damn, it, I suck, man. Um, but no, I mean, like, I mean, I like look just even like in my daily work at IMS, right? For years of criticism from upper management was is that you know you're taking things too personally, and it's like, well, no, no, I because I I I care so much about what I do and and the result and all this that like I do take it personally because that this is this is different to me, and there's ways to separate those things. But I mean, yeah, the, the same thing would follow to this, and it's like. Um, th- there is a level of or a certain amount of not taking it personally and that's a very hard dichotomy to live in with um, the way we work and how we operate and how our brains work so so two things number one is something you said to me when we were walking back for, uh, from the venue at CFX you run a department and you have people that work under you and people that work under them and sometimes then freelancers come so you, you know three or four levels vertical yeah but you're like, I'm still ultimately responsible for, for what happens. Yeah. So that idea of delegating and being comfortable with it, but not being oblivious to what's happening, I think is, is interesting. Um, and the other thing to kind of talk about there, well, actually, I mean, let's, can you talk about that a little bit? Talk about the, the delegation. Is that, I mean, how do you um, learn to do that? You know, get comfortable. Ugh. Um. So the context for that was, 
you know, um, the, the language I use when I have hired or working with my directors that work under me, right? So for those who don't know, I'm the director of operations of a production company, right? And so I have a director of audio, video, lighting under me, and then they have technicians under them. Um, and what I say to, like, my directors is like, hey, you're responsible, you know, director of audio, you're responsible for the audio product that comes out of IMS and you're responsible for the lighting product or whatever. But me, like, the way I, the way, the weight that I take to this is, is that, hey, I'm responsible for the product that comes out of IMS, both gear and people. Um, and But it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to actually do everything, right? So, like, I have to um, – it, it's sometimes it's in the decisions that you make that are trickle-down effect. So it might be the packages that you put into our inventory system and how they get deployed um, or the training that you give to the production managers on how they spec a show – um, those ultimately still affect the product, whether you physically, uh, you know, designed and implemented that show, or whether you set up processes in place or train people in place to get to that point. You're still owning that product from start yeah. to finish to that degree. So, in terms of delegating, I mean, it's um, um, delegating is difficult for sure. Um, if we're talking about like delegating tasks, or I mean, I don't know which direction you wanted to go. No, I mean, you, you can't physically go to every event that your company does, but you are still responsible right. for it ultimately. And, and a little bit differently. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had lately, and it's a great challenge to have, I'm, I'm fortunate that to have to deal with it, but that I can't take all the work I'm being offered. You know, and I think a lot of people are in that boat right now where there's just a lot going on right now. Everybody in the world wants to do a show. And so we're running out of gear and we're running out of out of people. You know, people can only be at one show at once. And so um, when my company gets hired for something, sending someone who will do the work the way I would want it to be done. Mm. And, I, and I don't just mean do a good job. I mean, the way that I would do it if I were there, because that's why they called my company. It's it's not just yep. about doing it well. It's about we have a particular way that I approach it, a particular way that I like to deal with people. And, and, and if I send somebody with my logo on a shirt to go there and they paid my company for this person to show up, that's what they want. And so, you know, I I worked, uh, did some consulting work for a festival uh, in Wyoming. It's a metal festival and they had a, a, a lot of stuff riding on the the level monitoring and they had read some of my papers and seen some of my work and they said can you get involved with this and i did a lot of it but the actual show itself i couldn't be there for um and so i need to send somebody who understands enough about this topic that they can make the same decisions that i'm going to make and they know not just the mechanics of sound level measurement but they understand the tools they understand the politics are involved in that because there's some ugly politics involved in that and how to react to complaints in real time. And, and there's just a lot of stuff that you have to have awareness of to go and do that. And it's like, there's not 80,000 people. <laughs> to, you know, it's not like we need six stagehands for the out. That's a very, very specialized thing. And who do I send to do a good job with that? Um, and Nate ended yeah. up going, I mean, and, you know, I mean, the, it's, it's, it, that's that's something that I've, that I've really struggled with is I want to I want to give people an opportunity, but I also like you said I need to protect my product. I need to protect. my, well, you, my you are. I, I mean, the word. you said the word that I was trying to get to that I, I know you probably don't like, but like um, you are. Everyone is their own brand, right? I mean, wh whether whether you work for a company or you're a freelancer, you are a brand, right? You uh, and so whether you, you know, like for instance, if you work well, full time, for, and you cut your mic again, man, you're having an awful time tonight. I, 
Okay. I, <laughs> they're, they're representing something, whether it's themselves or, or yes. a company or whatever. You're, re- you're representing something. Yeah, and, and doing it with pride, right? I mean, like, look, I've been working for IMS for 12 years now, and it's like I wear that logo on my chest with pride, you know, and I literally I take it personally, legitimately, like when there is a failure on a show or an issue, I should say, on a show, or or things go really well, too. It's like, I mean, that, not just the bad things, it's the good things, right? I mean, hey, like, we're very successful. We, we execute really, really well. Our clients are really happy. And that's, you know, I have handpicked, hundreds of freelancers for years now to represent me and IMS and the product that we do. And, and, and that's why it's not just a cattle call of, Hey, whoever's available can take this gig. And that's, you know, we take this care to, to, to that degree. I mean, and that's, that's part of like what, like I've told, I've told um, people who work for us, like, um, like clients, right? Like, like, Hey, I've legitimately said, like, Hey, you could get this show cheaper from someone else. But you're not going to get the same service that you're going to mm. get from us, right? I mean, that's gear is gear. You can get gear anywhere. So any company that thinks the differentiators are gear, short of maybe, sure, this company has X brand speaker and they want this one as a ride or whatever. But, but like, uh, generally speaking, gear is gear, and you can almost always get it cheaper somewhere else. But it's the service side, whether it's the people that are coming out, whether it's the people in the office, all that side of things. Nine times out of ten is what's going to keep anything anywhere um as a relationship and and continual work well and it's also not only the responsibility to who you're representing but also then in fact saying okay but i'm also representing this artist right so yeah yeah i might be subcontracting so i'm representing this company to this artist but i'm also representing this artist and the way this is going to to our company right oh and especially on days off right like i've you know we've all talked about it we've all known somebody who you know maybe goes out a little too much or you know it just may not have the right vibe for a camp and so sometimes it's not personal sometimes it's not a representation thing but just say am i in a place where i'm a good fit and other times it's okay now i'm now i'm representing right a company and or an artist or the flip side is right like i get most of my gigs at this point working directly for artists because they want something specialized. They want something that's harder to find at a company. Um, and so right, you kind of have both sides to that where depending on the job I'm doing, I'm, I'm there for a very different purpose because if I'm subcontracting right as a monitor tech, then, okay, I'm, I'm here with the gear. You, you want me to keep this up and running. I'm representing to you not only the quality of the gear, but also just the fact that, okay, you can use it. You can use it at any point in time, no matter what happens. And you know that we're going to be able to fix it. And we're going to service it on site. And we're just, yeah, that that's great. But the flip side is, you know, if I'm, if I'm working directly for a band, I, I'm not sure I want to crack that open. I'm not sure where that liability ends. Right. Do I, do I really want to open the several hundred thousand dollar console or do I, you know, want to, do I want to say, Hey, you know, let me make some phone calls because I'm not working for this company. And if this does break, right, how does that pan out? So if it's something that I 100% know is going to work, because I've done it before, and I'll do it again, I'm more than happy to do it. Yeah, but And this is, this is why referral networks also are so important in terms of, like, you know, personal referrals almost always hold more weight than just about anything. In other words, if I, you know, if I call Michael and I, I know I need an SC for something or whatever, and it's like, 
I don't have to know anything about this person. I know that if I call Michael Eckford name, it's gonna. I, I, I can just trust that, and vice versa, or other. You know, that's and there's certain people I call, uh, the, and if I ask them for a name, that that's all I need. I don't have to call that person. I can just book them. And there's other people I can't necessarily do that for, right? So I mean, but that 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 that's that's part of that that brand and reputation to, to, to trust there. Well, what you have there, that is the, that is the inner workings of this whole, you have to know somebody thing, the way our industry operates, right? Like there's a reason that you've never gone on indeed.com and seen a job posting for uh mix and Paul McCartney. And you never will because that gig is Pab's gig. And when, when Pab doesn't want it anymore, he's going to recommend someone to take it over. Um, and that somebody's going to be in his phone. It's not yeah. going to be a random person he met on LinkedIn. So, so it's those people come from the people we know, the people we're comfortable with, and that that's that's the trick. So, when people talk about the importance of networking, yes, your your skill level is paramount, and I'm not going to recommend somebody who doesn't have that the level of skill that's needed. But like you said, because I know that my recommendation will be taken at face value and will be taken seriously, I have to be very careful about who I recommend. And so, it's not going to be this person that I met like one time at a festival and we talked for six minutes that that they're not at the top of my list for, for a recommendation like that, you know? Um, or, or sometimes, I mean, I literally had a situation recently where a manufacturer said, Hey, we need to recommend a systems engineer. And I said, well, the three people I would usually send you are out, but here are two other people and they're, they don't have the experience level of, the, of one through three, but they're very smart and they understand this math and they understand the science and they're flexible people. And, they took one of those people and last time I heard it's going well. So there's also, I try to want it. I can't, can't do it by myself, but I kind of want to break that cycle just a little bit where when I'm asked to make a recommendation, I know that there's trust in me. If I got someone who's 93% ready, I'm going to send, you know? Yeah. I uh, mean, and that's, that's part of it, right. Is just not only saying, because you're, you're actually giving people opportunities, which is really great, but also, you know, understanding that if you are one of those people who's getting recommended, who is 93, not 99% ready. Like I, I definitely know that there were other people recommended for the gig that I have and as they should be right. Like they, they had more experience, but you know, there, there was a list of things where, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely recommendation number X, Y, Z. And I know that, and I'm okay with that. And I definitely had conversations, you know, with you and with our front of house as you're going like, okay, like you're going to have to teach me like that's, you're, you're going to have to tell me how you want this done. Um, and as long as I think that you're aware of that position going in, it works out great because you're not under any illusions that, you know, things you don't they're not under any illusions that you know things you don't. And I think that communication is absolutely key because otherwise I feel like you're setting yourself up to fail a little bit. Well, I mean, this is sort of the great paradox. You don't want to over-represent yourself uh, to, to the degree that is dishonest or unethical. But we know we know that people who are more qualified consider themselves less qualified than people who are less qualified right that's the 
as he, as Ethan says, Ethan says that the first rule. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the uh, the first the first rule of Dunning Kruger Club is is you don't know you're in it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Oh it's yeah. Like, <laughs> so the fact that you're like questioning your not questioning but but that basically super incompetent people never question their competence. Right. Right. So, so that the, the fact that you're like, Hey, I can do this and I understand this and I know what's going on. I'm unsure of some things. That's actually a sign of competence. And you probably know more than you think, because there are a whole bunch of people who are dead nuts, damn sure that what they're doing is right. And they're doing crazy ass shit. Um, and so I'd rather yeah. have the person who, who's going to go, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think about this? Um, and I, and I had that on, uh, you know, uh, a lot of situations where I would say this is, you know, the the mechanics of, hey, company, audio company, you brought your own PA to this gig. And I don't understand to the level that you do how your drive racks work and how your rigging works and how your cable package works. So here's what I'd like to do. What do you think about this? Is there an easier way to do it? And then I've had vendors go, yeah, but it's easier if we power this from that processor on that side, because then it'll save us a cable run. Cool. I don't know about that stuff because that's your shit. So, you know, I I have to always leave the door open and say, hey, you know aspects of this that I don't. And you understand aspects of this that I don't. And let's have a conversation. I'm going to tell you what I'm trying to accomplish. And you tell me if you think there's a better way to do it. So um, th- that doesn't that doesn't mean showing the whole world that you're incompetent. It means that you are admitting that you don't know everything and that the other people around you, you're giving them the opportunity to be good at what they do and, and have that be a dialogue. Um, and that, that works often. That that's a, that's a common thing that I'll do is just say, look, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is my plan for it, but you have some specialized knowledge here and, and, you know, what do you think about this? Do you, do you see a, a better way to do this? I mean, my feelings are never hurt. If you say that's a dumb way, here's my way. <laughs> I'm okay. I'll be okay. You know? Well, and, and kind of going back to that whole personal referral thing for a second, I realized like, you know, there are people that don't even have websites. There's, there are people that like, like, I'm not like, I, I realized I don't, I was like, if somebody wants to find me, they usually just call me. Um, which is a very interesting thing to realize as well. I was like, oh. Is it a burner uh, phone? Are you like a hitman? Like the, uh, No, but I do currently website? have a German German number. Oh, cool. Uh, in addition to all of my normal stuff because international data. So I like pretend to be cool, but I'm not. Um, but no, like it's, it's really interesting to sit back and realize like, ah, uh, you know, it's, that's the thing, right? And it's good and it's bad because if you if you do have people that are championing you and helping and helping you champion yourself right then things like that don't matter you know you you get a lot of opportunities to learn that you probably otherwise wouldn't um and and i also am learning like i i'm also learning not to discount what experience you think is minimal Mm-hmm. Right, because a lot of times I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I haven't spent 10 years in this industry. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I've, I've worked for several different companies. I subcontract for a couple more. Um, and on top of that, I've, I've been freelancing just fine. And so it's, 
while there is always that leap we talk about, especially when you move to freelancing, having people that are going to help you back yourself has been, that's been the big thing. And I, I've talked to our monitor about it too, because he always says, you know, he's really bad at selling himself. And we're like, yeah, dude. But the, the thing is, right. Like, but you just do your gig and that's what everybody says about you, right? Like you're, you're good at what you do. You show up, you do your gig and you know, that's a hot seat and he handles it well. And he has, he has the demeanor for it. And like, and he knows that. So he may not sit here and go, I'm the best monitor you're ever going to have. He, he is quite the opposite, but he's definitely someone who's like, yeah, but you know, this, this is what I do. And, I've been doing it for a while and it's worked out and I like it and I'm going to be able to do what you need me to do. And don't discount the experience. Even if it's your first time doing something, like if you've seen someone else do it, like that's still, that's a big leg up in a lot of ways is having been exposed to it before you're in a situation where you have to make a call or you have to do it yourself. Um, Not that you can learn everything by watching because there's things that you don't figure out until you do it yourself. But, but there's a lot to be learned by being exposed to a thing we did. I remember Sam came to a festival with me and at this particular gig, there was a person on the vendor crew who was, I'm going to say the colloquial phrase pain in the ass. Um, And I had a pretty rough day, but I said to her on the way in, like, watch this, you know, like pay attention to this interaction and this dynamic because the next thing that you did, Sam, was go and do a shitload of festival dates. And I'm sure you encountered your own pain in the ass, but like you weren't going in blind because you at least been exposed to the situation where you have to represent the artist and there's a vendor there who doesn't give a fuck or is trying to work against you or it's dismissive or whatever. And it's like, at least you've, been exposed to that situation and seen somebody else try to navigate it. And so you've got a couple, you know, cards up your sleeve there. You're not just yelling into the void. Well, and at that point, I think for me was, it was learning what you can ask for, what you can't, you're kind of learning like to take what you're going to get, but also to figure out pretty quickly what you're going to get. Cause like, even if you're the headline act, they ain't going to rehang that. What, and I don't care if it's five boxes. I don't care if it's 50, 60 boxes. The odds of you getting someone to rehang a PA just because you don't like the design is almost never going to happen. Right? Especially if it's a multi-day festival and you're day number three. Like, no. Well, I'm thinking, um, like, you know, you have and, this person who's being and, pulled in a bunch of directions, right? And you're like... Well, and, I need to ask them for stuff like, okay, pick two things because they're only going to give me two things, right? right? So so what two things do you want to ask for? And I was just talking uh, to somebody about this on the phone the other day. It's the same thing. Like you, you need to make a list, pick one or two of the most important things and then get those, right? Well, and for me, I, I take the approach of, okay, how can I make your life easier? Like, are you okay with me making system changes myself? Do you, have you been here for three days? Do you want to go? Like I, at one point had a, we were at a festival and the house I see looked at me and was like, you know, here, here's the tablet. Here's the system. It was, it was an acoustic system. And they go, you're, you're familiar with the software. You're, you know, you're familiar with all that. And, and he goes, do you, do you mind if I go to bed? 
He's like, if you need anything, you can call me, but do I need to be here for your set or can I just give this to you and let you deal with it? And I was like, just let me deal with it. He's like, okay, I'll have somebody else come sit in that if anything goes haywire, that's fine. He's like, but here's the keys, go drive. And I was like, sick, that's better for everybody. And I never in a million years thought that was going to happen. And then there were other days where it was like, Hey, you know, I just, I just asked for this filter. Will you, will you turn on the EQ please? Cause I, I watched you drop the filter in and it, you know, and I, I went and walked and I, I went and walked again, didn't hear a change. And I come back over to the system laptop and I have to be like, okay, can, can we press on now, please? Like, uh, I mean, that that's happened a couple of times and, you know, it just depends on, you also learn that you see a very, a wide variety of SEs, especially doing festival stuff. The uh, the old trick, right? Grab a, a package of Starburst and go to front of house when you show up with a Starburst and offer it to people. The first oh, thing, the saying... first thing that I ask you for is not going to be to make a change to your system. I'm going to ask you if you want a Starburst first. Works. Yeah. It totally works. My, <laughs> it totally my, works. my usual thing is uh, I ask if they need anything. I'm like, can I can I bring you a water? Can I bring you a snack? Can I, you know. Do you just, just want to hang out? You know, that's, again, what what can I get you? What can I make your life easier? Because we're in this together and you've got to deal with me all day, whether you like it or not, and vice versa. You know, when we were at, Denny and I were at a gig one time and there were, you know, things were not going well in, in other other departments and it was just a stressful day. And, and I said, dude, do you need anything? Like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go get some food. If you need anything, like sometimes it's like, can you, check the patch or just go by monitors and make sure the console's up or like just various tangentially related things, you know? And he goes, will you bring me a fruit cup? You know, <laughs> that was what he really wanted in that moment more than anything was around a cup of fruits. So I was like, yeah, dude, I got you. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. Ask people what, you know, what they need. And maybe it's, maybe it's just a fruit cup. I've also had somebody like ask for a hug. Like I'll give you a hug. Let's do it. You know, that's cool. So I'm down. Sam, what's been your best day off so far on the tour? Um, we've had a lot of off days, which has been really nice. So, um, I have a couple that I'm looking forward to. We unfortunately do to that wasn't some the question. I know, I know, I know. Fine. <laughs> uh... Damn. Yo, he called you out. Y'all, y'all were just in Switzerland, right? Yeah. I had I'm two jealous. days. I had two days off in Zurich. That was, that was, that was pretty sick. Um, that might have been my favorite so hot far. Is that the land of your people, Chris? That's my people. Yeah, yeah. as I uh-huh. lift up my sleeve to see my tattoo of my Switzerland flag on my arm. Yeah, my my Leonard, the Leonard family line from the 1400s. Well, I have I have we have records back to the 1400s into Switzerland. Um, 1804 is when we came over to the U.S. Um, we we came from a a, a place called Teufen, which is about an hour outside of Zurich. Sick. Yeah, probably Budapest or Zurich were both. We had two days off in both, and that that was pretty sick. So that's fun. And then uh, we just canceled a show, so I theoretically have, like, several days off in Milan coming up in a row, and I am very excited about that one. So we will, we will see what happens, but it should be nice and chill. Sounds like there should be some... Uh the food channel of discord should start blowing up while you have all those days off in Italy. We Mm -hmm. have 
I I do shamelessly have a lot of food picks, and I I may just go photoed up the Discord, and everybody can hate me for the next <laughs> two months. Oh, you got to run to to Merlin Van Veen, right? Yes, I got to meet Merlin. It's been really really awesome. I've gotten to meet Merlin and Dennis and Arno and so so many people for the first like. Think three weeks, two weeks. I mean, I swear to you, there was somebody at every show. Um, and well, how about a celebrity, Sam? Uh, they're they're not there to see me. <laughs> um, uh, and Michael Hack, I got to meet him as well. We just played his venue, um, which was really cool. So it was him and Merline and some of the people at front of house. Uh, and honestly, man, it's just been so cool to have people come out and see what we're doing and get input. And just say, you know, you guys are experts. You guys are brilliant at this. How do we fix it? What do we change? We were, we were doing some experiments, um, you know, changing, you know, do we, do we have staggered subs? Do we leave them all, you know, at the same height? Are we going to, you know, are we going to make upstage or downstage higher? How is that going to change the aiming? And so, you know, Merline Diddy and I put, put the subs up and, uh, we, we moved them and we walked and listened and we moved them back. We walked and listened and, you know, it was really cool to finally, you know, just straight up experiment with it. That's awesome. Um, a lot of well, fun. let's, 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 um, obviously we're going to do a post tour like conversation, but maybe we should, um, Ted, we should loop in, <laughs> um, we should loop in Merlin maybe when we have that conversation or something like that, or, you know, that'd be, that'd be fun. I want to, cause Sam's, you already asked her your traditional questions a bunch. Um, so I have a different question. Sam, how many chopsticks are you touring with? Huh. Five. See? <laughs> and I know right. where they all are. If the number's less than three, you're going to run into trouble, especially when you're but, out for that long. All right. Before you do Michael, how many, no, I, chapsticks, I already did it. how many chapsticks on average did you have with you, though? Three to five. You... Oh, yeah. So that's that was, not, that was, I'm not, that I didn't indoctrinate her into chapstick carrying. She's oh. an intelligent. I'm a girl. She got their own. Yeah, she knows. Oh, uh, that's true. There we go. I know it's a conveniently forgotten fact most often <laughs> when people speak to me, but I am, in fact, not a dude. Yeah, I guess so. Somebody called me sir the other day, and I was like, all right. Like, I usually last about four weeks, and then I start feeling like a dude. Um, and so, like, somebody called me sir the other day, and I answered to it, and I was like, I need to go get my hair done or something. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was like, "How's it going?" And she's like, "The bus smells like, <laughs> just say like it just smells like parts or something." Just like, like it smells whole... like dude. Yeah, it just smells like stinky dude on the bus. I was like, "Yeah, well, it is." So, anyways, life hack: keep uh, air fresheners in your bunk. That's what I do. Makes life happy. Just like wear them as a necklace, so they just it's, yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, I keep the little like like like, like the pine tree <laughs> ones. You just like hang it around your neck, like, like... Blink, yeah. Check out my eyes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Midnight Hi, mom. Moves. I'm doing Check crazy things. Forest breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, I'm. I'm doing crazy things. We Febreze the bunk. Like that's where we're at. Do you want to hear something disgusting? I knew a guy who used to. You know those those urinal mats. He used to hang those up because he thought they smelled nice. What? And he would use them as air fresheners. The urinal. Why mats on smell. earth? If even if you did that, he why on earth would you ever a, tell somebody? He was that? a janitor at a church, and he had boxes of them, and he thought they smelled really good, and he would take them home and hang Ugh. them up, and he loved it. 
All right, we have officially been derailed. Let's, yeah, let's wrap it up. All right, thanks, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks again to Audix and Alan Heath and RCF. And we'll see everybody next week. Peace.